This is the Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 74, Communication Styles. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech-language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Building Resilience Podcast. I'm excited to have you here. If this is your first time, welcome. And if you've been here before, I'm so glad to have you back. I am excited that this month I am devoted to talking all about communication. Last week, we had an amazing interview with Sheila McDonald, all about communication resilience. And then before that, we talked about connection. So if you've missed those episodes, make sure you go and check them out. And today we are talking all about communication styles. I also just want to remind you that this month, my masterclass is on May 25th, and it is all about communication. So if you haven't signed up for one, please do. Even if you can't make it, it's okay. I send out a replay, but it's an opportunity to learn a little bit more, a bit more interactive. I'm on video and we can chat. If you have questions, the link is in the show notes, but you can also just head over to Instagram or Facebook, which is Leah Davidson Life Coaching and sign up there. But today I want to talk about communication styles. And at first, the ones I'm going to share with you may be much more familiar to you. And then I'm going to share with you some that maybe you may not have heard of. I know they were new to me when I first was exposed to them. So firstly, what am I talking about when I say communication styles or conversation styles? Well, these are characteristics and patterns that we typically use when we communicate with other people because we all have different patterns. And these patterns that we have are influenced by our genes, our personalities, our experiences, and the beliefs that we have. But they are also a result of what we're taught and what we picked up from our caregivers, our teachers, our surroundings. And some styles will be considered healthier than others, to be honest. Some can be pretty negative and pretty toxic. And that's why it's helpful to understand what our styles are and what the style is of the people around us. So we can really understand whether they are helpful to us, whether the style is helpful, or if it is hindering our ability to communicate effectively with people. I do think we naturally know which one's which. We can sometimes see how some someone's way of communicating can make things difficult. We may even label them as like a bad communicator. Maybe you've had a colleague or a boss um, who you feel doesn't communicate well, or maybe even it's a friend or a spouse or a child or parent. But communication styles can be improved. Like everything else, though, you first have to start with awareness. So that's why I wanted to share with you today. I'm going to dive into some of the most common descriptions of these communication styles. There are four main ones that I bet you can identify and try to see where you fall. So the first one is the aggressive style. This one is pretty recognizable. You can see it and you can hear it. And these are the people who use this style. They're often loud. They may speak in a very demanding voice. They may seem domineering and controlling. 
They may talk over people or interrupt people. They may even seem like they're attacking someone, that they'll criticize them or sometimes threaten them. So they're pretty intense. It can feel like they're crossing boundaries or entering into your space or trying to stare you down. Often you can see what and you can feel their aggression. They tend to fire off a lot of questions, not necessarily waiting for responses. They can be considered rude or attacking, and maybe they're just not listening. Again, they're interrupting or ignoring what you say or even mocking you as sort of like, yeah, yeah, okay. They take the approach that they are right and everybody else is wrong. They tend to blame other people. Things are never their fault, and they tend to go out of their way to show that it's not their fault, almost like they bully their way through things. And in fact, they may get some attention. They may get leadership roles. They may have people following them, but rest assured, it's usually out of fear, but it is a style that they have that is demanding people to listen. People don't often connect with them on a longer term basis, and it's difficult for them to gain respect. So people may be listening to you because they're scared not to, (laughs) but they don't necessarily respect you. So that's sort of the aggressive style. Now the next style is almost the complete opposite, the passive style. And these are people that are the quiet ones and they often act indifferent and they will just hand over their power often to others. They often do express their needs, but they will allow others to speak on their behalf. And body language wise, they may like lift their eyes up, have, you know, difficult eye contact. They may be very closed off. They may have a slouch posture. Now, that's not to say they don't have emotions and feelings and opinions. They do. It's just that they're not feeling like they're able to express them. They may feel as if their opinion doesn't matter, but not being able to express themselves can actually lead to some frustration and resentment. So they tend to avoid confrontation or defer to other people, but this can actually cause challenges in relationships because then you never know what they're thinking or what they need. And at the same time, they can seem easygoing because they go with the flow, but they may also think that their feelings don't count because they're not expressing them. And then sometimes resentment can build up. So that is the passive communication style. The passive aggressive communication style is the next category. And this is where the person appears passive on the outside, but then resentment really comes up and they can't help it, and they start acting out in indirect, very subtle ways. So often they'll joke around or be sarcastic, sort of under the guise of just joking around, but they can end up saying some pretty hurtful things. They may say things under their breath, so they don't want the confrontation. They're trying to avoid it, but they still want to say something. They prefer not to express their real emotions. They think others should read their minds, and they may get upset when there's a breach of communication. They may deny that there is a problem because they often deny how they feel. Now, passive-aggressive communicators often use body language. They'll often give people the silent treatment or they'll sabotage things. They may tell you one thing to your face and then go do something the opposite. And then they'll often deny that they did that. Or if they do oppose, then they will put the blame on somebody else. They don't usually take accountability for their interactions. Now, the last style is the one that I think we all want to aim to. And again, I always want to remind you, we don't identify these things so we can shame ourselves and feel bad about it. 
chances are you identified with one of the styles that I've already talked about. Of course you did. We're human. We go back and forth. We have different styles. We're learning how to get to a more effective style. But don't beat yourself up if you're like, oh, actually, I know I'm passive aggressive. I totally know that there are many times I'm passive aggressive. I use a lot of humor, a lot of sarcasm. It's something that I do know I want to work on, but I am not going to shame myself for doing it. And other people, it's aggressive and passive. And once again, there's a whole bunch of reasons why we approach things the way we do. And a lot of it just has to do with the patterns that we have established and what we've learned when we were younger. But the last style is the assertive. And this is the healthiest style, the one we want to aim to get to. And this is where you have an open style of communication. You own your emotions, your needs and desires. You take responsibility and you express yourself in a healthy and confident way. You're considerate of other people's needs. And they usually try to ensure balance so that both sides are heard and they're looking for win-win solutions. They have the ability to say yes and the ability to say no. And they're not afraid to express what their opinion is and to respect the opinion of others, to express their own needs and desires and ideas and considering the needs of other people around them once again. Now, assertive communication, they aim for both sides to be balanced and they're not going to put the rights of one person over another person. You may find you are more assertive when you're communicating using I statements such as I feel this way or I feel that way because these statements show that you're taking responsibility and ownership and you're not blaming the other person. So we'll find assertive communicators often talk using those I statements and there are good listeners as well. So obviously to be an assertive communicator is what we want to aim for. And it is something that is a pattern that we can start to develop the more we become aware of what is involved in being an assertive communicator. So hopefully you got a a sense of the kind of things, even if you just start with taking ownership of your emotions, of your opinions, of what you think, your desires, your need, and start using I statements more, you will be moving more into assertive communication. So those are those four main communication styles that we tend to look at, but I want to introduce you to some other ways of labeling communication styles. Now, Dr. Karen Rivick, she's a professor at Penn University, and she talks about some other variations of communication styles. When I heard her talk about them, I immediately connected with it, and I just wanted to share them with you because she talks about these four different styles of responding to people. And these are the communication styles that are either going to strengthen a relationship or erode a relationship. And by strengthen, it just means that both people will feel greater amounts of satisfaction, intimacy, and trust. And they'll end up having fewer conflicts and a greater sense of being understood and cared for. The thing is, is really only one style will actually strengthen a relationship, but you'll notice that we engage often in all four styles. So it's kind of like the styles we just went over in the sense that assertive communication is one we want to aim for, even though there's four styles. And in this one, there is one style we want to aim for, even though again, there's four different styles of engaging. You will recognize, I'm guessing yourself in more than one style again. I just want to keep reminding you, I'm not introducing these things so you can judge yourself, feel bad about yourself because it's all about awareness. 
I know for myself, I am much more aware of how I respond after I learned about these styles. Now, I should mention that Dr. Rivik is not the only one that came up, or she's not the one who came up with these four main styles. But what she did was she kind of put a name to them to make them easier to understand. So I'm going to go through her model one by one. Now, the first one is what they call a passive constructive style. And Rivik calls it the conversation killer. So this is when someone shares some great news, like, hey, honey, I got a raise. And the response is, that's great. What's for dinner? Or even that's great. And they don't even look up from their phone. So it could be said that this is the favorite style that teenagers have with their parents. (laughs) No, little jab at teenagers, but definitely this is a style where the person is pretty dismissive or distractive. They're barely paying attention to each other and they don't look like they're really invested in the conversation. So sometimes we can also be a conversation killer by telling somebody, oh, I'm too busy to talk right now and you need to come back later. So for example, somebody will come to us, they're excited to share something and we don't honor their excitement by being able to be present. We just dismiss them. And there are times when we're busy and we're not able to engage, but perhaps we'll want to consider stepping up to give the person what they want in the moment when they need it if we want to work on developing connection. So that is a conversation killer style. Now, the next style of responding is called a passive destructive style, which is known as the conversation hijacker. So this is where somebody shares something and the person who's listening changes the conversation to something else. And these people are always focused on themselves. They have a tendency to turn any conversation towards them. So the conversation killer is the person who like kills the conversation off. And the conversation hijacker is the person who takes the conversation, turns it around and starts talking about themselves and directs the conversation in a direction that they want to go. So for example, one person's sharing a happy moment, the other half, instead of celebrating the moment or sharing the joy, they decide that they're going to one-up them and tell them about their own success. So it's kind of like someone comes along with good news and before you know it, instead of them shining the light on you and your experience, they're shining the light on themselves. And a lot of people who use this response pattern say they just get excited and they don't really mean to steal the thunder. So we always want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but we just want to be aware if we're doing that. But it could also be because they're feeling envious and they end up wanting to upstage the person, even if that's a subconscious thing. And I think another thing that people think is that they're trying to show the person that they understand and they can relate by sharing their own experience. And I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing your own experience, but first you want to make sure that you are keeping the limelight on the initial topic with the person who brought it up first. And you want to be careful though, because conversation hijacking can really lead to people being unsatisfied in their relationships because they never feel heard. They always feel like the other person is trying to be better and to one-up them. So beware of being a conversation hijacker as well. Now, the third response is the active destructive pattern. And this is what we call the joy thief. And in this scenario, someone comes along with something they're very excited about and the person who receives the information immediately points out the problems, the concerns, and then downplays it. And it just inevitably creates negativity. 
The person doesn't mirror the excitement or ask questions. Instead, they point out all the concerns and all the downsides. And often people say they do this because they're just trying to critically think or protect the person. And they want to protect the person against disappointment and they're coming from a good place and the intention of the other person in most of the cases may be genuine worry about the challenges. However, the conversation becomes a joy thief when the problems are highlighted rather than joy in the moment. And what actually happens is that the joy thief will start to sever the connection with you. This is one that I actually struggle with. I have a tendency when somebody brings something to me Part of, I think, my training is always in looking at what the challenges are and how are we going to overcome them and building awareness in people. So sometimes I am quick to jump up and have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Definitely doing it from a place of a good heart. I want to prepare people, get them thinking about things, not being disappointed. But I realize that what that does is it steals the moment of excitement for them. They're going to eventually have to figure out how they're going to be dealing with things on their own. I don't necessarily have to point it out for them. So it's something that I'm really trying to work on. And it's probably something that a lot of us do as parents when our kids come to us with something that's really exciting. But I think that it's something I'm learning, especially now that my kids are older. They do have to figure things out. So there's no point in me being a joy thief anymore. Rather, it's better to be this next style, which is called an active constructive, and it's referred to as a joy multiplier. And in this situation, when somebody comes along with a piece of good news, the other person just mirrors the excitement. They're fully present. There's no distraction. They have good eye contact. Their body language indicates that they are there and they are excited. It becomes a shared joy situation. Now, both people feel happier and closer and are definitely more connected sharing in that person's joy. So the question is, what is your typical responding pattern? I already said that one of mine is definitely being a joy thief. And it's something that I am working on. Now, it is better to identify what your typical go-to response is, because I think a goal for connection is to become more of a joy multiplier. So challenge yourself and ask yourself how you can be that joy multiplier. Work on your body language, your nonverbal skills, mirror their body language and their nonverbal skills. Ask questions, lean into the conversation, and follow up with more questions. We don't always have to be a cheerleader, but we can ask them questions and be curious about what things mean to them. What did they learn? What are they excited about? How did they feel? And we can play around with how we express our positive emotions, but we want to make sure that we're showing them. We want to be willing to share the joy with the people that we love. And you really want to allow the happiness to be celebrated completely before understanding any of the challenges involved in the new situation. And being a joy multiplier will really help you build stronger relationships. So I hope you found that helpful and you could recognize in those different styles who you are, what your go-to style is, and then reflect on whether your style is consistent with who you're striving to be. Are you aggressive, passive-aggressive, or assertive? Are you a conversation killer, conversation hijacker, joy thief, 
or joy multiplier. So give it some thought. And as always, if you want someone to help you shine the light and build awareness and then help guide you to deliberate and joyful way of living, I have your back. So reach out and we can connect. You can reach me at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. That is my Instagram as well as my Facebook. And that's also my website. So you can find me there. Until then, have a great week and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.